0: Basketball can be a mysterious sport. The team
1: whose logo is in this envelope will have the first pick in the NBA draft. Watch James. Now wanted a timeout, but too late to get it. And five minutes go up on the clock. Overtime here in
0: Game One. Will Giannis win a title
1: in a Milwaukee Bucks uniform?
0: It's hard for me to say that, Jay, considering how loaded the Lakers are. I don't know if you've been watching, uh, Taylor Horton-Sucker over the last couple of days, uh. But what if those mysteries could be solved? What if those conspiracies are reality? The Hoop Truth is out there. Can you handle it? In a minute! In a few minutes, if you're keeping count, uh, welcome back to the Hoop Truth podcast. Thank you for opening your third eye with us to watch some hoop. We have right now. Let's just jump straight into it. This is going to be playoff preview episode. As we're recording, it is 5:34 Pacific Time, Wednesday, April 12th. So we are into the second half of Bulls and Raptors right now. The third play-in game. We had two last night that we'll talk about. Um, Basically, we're just going to do the series that have been decided, the matchups that we know are going to happen, and then we can do, like, a touch on the one seeds. But, Dre, I'll give you a choice. You want to start with the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference, or is there a series that you want to start with in general?
1: Hmm. Let's do the West.
0: I think the, All the West. Right. So let's, let's go and start there. And make let's it go to the, the West. And we can start with the matchup that was decided yesterday. We have Grizzlies and Lakers. Truthfully, there isn't a team on this earth that makes me feel the same way that the 2010s Bucks did. Just so sad all the time, Uh, bad basketball, not even just shots not going in, but can't even get the right shots to go up, bad defensive decisions. No one's made me feel that way. Except for the Wolves, man. Even last year's Wolves against the Grizzlies, they should have won that series and they just choked it away. I know in this play-in game, they don't have Rudy Gobert and Jaden McDaniels for two separate punches. It's pretty funny, but, I mean, the game was just terrible. Like, they had to leave for most of the game and they just started playing terrible. Trey, you watched that game last night? From start to finish, man, um,
1: I can definitely agree. It was not the best basketball being played on that court last night, um, from, from both teams per se, you know, give credit to Minnesota. Um, they did have a lead, even though they did collapse in the fourth quarter slash overtime where actually, shout shout to Mike Conley for getting those clutch free throws down the stretch. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Seconds. But this really, w- I don't know if it was really the Lakers playing well down the stretch of the contest or if it was just Minnesota just playing bad. I mean, you know, Carthy Towns sure. had a pretty strong first half. They got, then got into foul trouble which really did, I guess you could say, really really made the team lose momentum. But also, right. I think we just got to discuss, you know, I love this guy so much, but he played absolutely horrible, yeah. which is Anthony Edwards, 3 of 17 shooting, 9 points, disgusting. Just five disgusting, settling for threes, knowing that yeah. the perimeter game was just not there, not really taking high-quality shots. So, you know, everything just kind of played a role, but, you know, give credit to the Lakers. You know, the Lakers did play – the Lakers did turn it around down to stress. Dennis Schroder hit a huge three pointer, even though they did have a lot of they, they had a lot of turnovers themselves. So yeah. but, but look, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the better team won, and we'll sure. just see how the Lakers can keep the momentum rolling going to this next series against Memphis.
0: The big thing that everyone says about missing Rudy Gobert is that the defense and the rebounding, the the rebounding was very notable in that game with Anthony Davis mm-hmm. just gobbling up rebounds for the entire game. But Additionally, and I know there's a meme about screen assist, and I don't even mean just that, but no one on the Wolves could just set an actual screen to get a switch. And that was a big factor in Anthony or, uh, Anthony Edwards not having any space to operate with. They almost went away from screens and he would just ISO on Jared Vanderbilt and that <laughs> did not work at all. Um, what's interesting, right? The Wolves, if they had won, it would have been a rematch with the Grizzlies last year. I believe it was the 3-6 matchup last year. Now the Lakers will play them. And the Lakers actually have three players that were on the Wolves last year when they played the Grizzlies. D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. All three players acquired at the trade deadline. D'Lo has been starting at point guard for them. Vando's been starting at the power forward with them. Um, And then they usually go Reeves, AD, and LeBron. But they closed yesterday. I noticed with um, Rui Hachimura, Rui had yeah. so, had a pretty good. Uh, he wasn't taking over by any means, but he made some threes. He played some yeah, good yeah. defense, got he some a rebounds.
1: Three down
0: a yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's the one I'm thinking of. So uh, Dre look, coming into the matchup, you know, the Grizzlies have had a weird season. Uh, John Morant went to rehab like halfway through the year for three days, and he's been playing well, and he seems happy. Uh, that's all I really want is for him to recover. If there's Something that needs to recover, I hope he recovers from that. If there's something that doesn't need to recover from, I hope the negative attention goes away from him. But outside of that, Steven Adams is out for the playoffs. He's not playing. Brandon Clark ruptured his Achilles earlier in the year. They don't have a lot of size. Uh, Xavier Tillman is namely the guy right now. Um, I think they might be dealing with some other injuries. And then the the Lakers, um, the national media is going to pick them, I think. I think a lot of national media guys are going to pick them in six or seven. Um, but it's an interesting matchup, Dre. What do you see? What do you see when you when you think of that matchup uh, just on paper right now? To tell you the truth, I
1: don't really have a pick as far as who's yeah. going to this series. Now, I I do believe that this can go seven, and I'll say minimum six. Sure. Because, I mean, I mean, look, I mean, I think, I think, I think we definitely have to give the Lakers credit because they definitely have improved since the trade deadline. You know, they acquired, like Agreed. you mentioned, those 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 three guys who came from. Minnesota. And, you know, now now they have surrounding shooters to, to surround LeBron James and Anthony Davis. The defense has gotten better somewhat. You know, I think they were like number one in defense during the second half of the season. So you definitely got to give credit where it's due. And I think that's kind of an issue for me. I guess you could say that's a concern when it comes to the Grizzlies is because they do have Jaron Jackson Jr., who in many people's eyes is a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Yep. But, you know, when you're missing the guys like Steven Adams and Brandon Clark, other guys who can provide interior defense. I think that can be a concern in a way, especially when you're going up against guys like Anthony Davis, and Jerry Vanderbilt and other guys. So I'm not going to say that that could be the reason why the Grizzlies lose, but it can be a concern in a way. And you could see, you could see, you know, a big difference, you know, through the course of the series. But honestly, I think, I think it's going to be a dogfight. You know, I think the Grizzlies definitely have something to prove. The Lakers have something to prove, you know, like you mentioned, the Grizzlies have had a really up and down season, you know, the John Morris situation, um, and then, of course, with various injuries as well. So I think this is really going to be a dogfight between the two teams, and, um, and we'll, we'll just see who comes out on top.
0: The Lakers were two and one against the Grizzlies this year, which really, I mean, typically it doesn't mean much in general, but even this year, it doesn't mean much because the Lakers roster has changed so much throughout the season with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, both missing extended time with injuries and then acquiring guys like Rui Hachimura, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt. So those previous games, I don't know if there's much that we can take away from them. I'll say this though. Um... I agree with you. I think it goes six. I think it could go seven for sure. And that's not a knock. I'm not a Laker guy. I'll say that. I'm not a fan of big market teams. You know, I've always grown up as a Midwest guy with a, with sort of a, a, an appetite for underdogs. So I'm not national media just picking the Lakers because they're the Lakers. The truth is that Memphis just doesn't really move me this year. And they didn't really move me much last year. And they almost, I mean, they should have lost to the Wolves last year. This Lakers team is better than last year's Wolves team. Like, maybe they yeah. had a more complete team last year, but they still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis and a lot of players that are, um, that are equipped to play playoff minutes. There's a lot of hype on Austin Reeves right now, which is a little overhyped right now, but he can play 25, 30 minutes in the playoffs. Vanderbilt, he gets eliminated on the offensive end. I actually wouldn't be surprised if they start playing Rui at the four instead of um, Vando in some tough stretches, just to get a little bit more offense from that four spot next to Anthony Davis. Beasley with Rui. Yeah, exactly. Beasley's a two-way player, um, and they just have even Schroeder's playing well, which is really cool. Good for him. I'm, I'm happy that Schroeder's playing well. So I'm going to go six, seven. I'm going to go Grizzlies for the win just because I think that – I think the coaching is better. I think their depth is better. I think if they suffer an injury, they have a better way of getting out of it than the Lakers. But like you said, it's going to be a dogfight, and I wouldn't expect the Grizzlies to win more than one playoff series this year. Dre, any final thoughts before you move over to the 2-7 side on the East? Um no other thoughts i mean like let's
1: let's just expect a um, really good series and we'll see who comes out on yeah. top of the lakers and grizzlies
0: i think a lot of these series are going to be good ones especially in the western conference in the east we have Hawks, celtics the Celtics are going to beat the shit out of the Hawks. I really don't think there's much of a chance there for them. Um, the Hawks looked good against the Heat yesterday, I and I did think the Heat were going to win that game. Even without Trey lighting it up, Trey didn't play bad by any means, but he didn't have a 40 or 50 ball that is Trey that is team? known for having. Junte Murray has not been playing well. He didn't play well yesterday. You know what was interesting? I don't know if you noticed this, Trey, if you watched the game. They started to prefer Sadiq Bey over DeAndre Hunter for a lot of those minutes. You see that? that? I saw that. And honestly, it's it's well-deserved. It's well-deserved. Yeah. He's playing better, and he's hitting more of his threes. It just sucks that you have $95 million invested in DeAndre Hunter. With Sadiq Bey entering restricted free agency, it's really interesting to see what they're going to do there. I almost feel like it's more likely that they'll match an offer on Sadiq Bey for cheaper than Hunter, and it will turn around and try and flip Hunter somewhere else. So we'll take DeAndre Hunter. I could definitely see that. A team like Houston would love DeAndre Hunter right now. And a team like Houston is going to go through a lot of changes. Steven Silas was fired, by the way. Maybe we'll do like a weekend episode where we talk about some of the offseason stuff. But Celtics-Hawks, here's the reality. The Celtics are at worst, the second-best team in the league. The record dictates that, but I truly believe it in my core as well. Jason Tatum, they got no one to guard him. Jalen Brown, maybe DeJunte Murray can spend some time on him, but he has not been good this year, so I'm not sure. The thing that the Hawks do have is size to combat the size that the Celtics have. Front court of Clint Capella and uh, John Collins with Anika Kungu off the bench is pretty hefty to have against Robert Williams and Al Horford. They've also got um, Mike Muscala coming off the bench for them. I'll go five. I'll give it to the Celtics in five. Dre, what are your thoughts on this matchup? And do you have a prediction?
1: Celtics in, I'll say five as well, possibly six, but I'll, I'll go with five to be safe. And, you know, sure. I mean, we can we can definitely touch on the uh, on the Miami game from last night because you got yeah, to be yeah, to it, yeah. it. it. It was an overall team effort. And I'm glad you brought up Sadiq Bey because, you know, he definitely shot the ball extremely well, but it wasn't just the shooting for me. It was really the rebounding as well. You know, especially because mm. I mean, Atlanta got a lot of offensive rebounds. And you know, I know, I know, Clint Capella had 21 rebounds himself. But for Zadik Bay, yeah, to, yeah I mean, but for um for Sadiq Bay to really, you know, be under the glass and really just like you know get second chance points, that I think that was really big as well. Especially down in the third quarter, like you know when Miami was trying to weather the storm and you know trying to make a comeback. So give credit to Sadiq Bay, but it was an overall team effort. Um, Atlanta had 53 points off the bench and every guy that played off the bench scored in double digits. So you definitely got to get credit where due there.
0: Jalen Johnson played pretty, pretty good basketball as well. So. Jalen Johnson played very well. I like Jalen Johnson, yeah, he's, he's on he's something good. right now, but he's on his way to becoming something for sure. And I see the
1: confidence growing as well. You know, I mean, he's not really shooting the ball mm. extremely well, but I love the confidence in him just really just, you know, taking open shots and, you know, for guys like Trey and Ajante, trusting him and to take those shots and to grow that confidence. So I like that from that perspective. and. But you know, I mean it's like you mentioned Trey didn't have Trey didn't have like the greatest like offensive performance, but you know, and plus, you know, and you know, if, if you watch last year in the first round, you know, Miami really tries to prioritize and really trapping Trey Young and to really yeah. take him out of his rhythm offensively. So luckily he's such a great passer. So, you know, so now you got guys like Sadiq Bey being able to knock down three pointers, Bogdanovich being able to knock down shots, DeJounte, you know, being a slasher, getting to the rim. So overall, it was a really great team effort for Atlanta. I'm really happy for them and Unfortunately, you know, I do believe that. I mean, I, I think, I think it's, I think it's clear that the Celtics are the better team. You know, Jason Tatum, Jalen right. Brown. I think the supporting cast is just a little bit better, and I could definitely see it being over a five. But if Atlanta can push it somehow to six, I think that would be pretty good.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, and you know me, I'd love the Celtics to struggle with their first round uh, uh matchup. I'd love for them to lose, you know, but they're good. The Celtics were 3-0 and against the Hawks this year. I, I don't think you're going to get um, a lot more different in this matchup. I'll give the Hawks one because I think Trey is guaranteed for like 140 or 50 ball. Like The Celtics' defense is really good, but I wouldn't say it's as equipped to trap Trey like last year's Heat team was. Um, but we'll see what Joe Mazzula has in his bag for it. Uh, So we're both basically Celtics in five, could go four, could go six, but probably five are going that. Let's go back to the Western Conference. The 3-6 matchup, this is your boys. Uh, It's a California matchup and not the California teams you would expect. The three-seed, that's right, three-seed Sacramento Kings will be playing the six-seed Golden State Warriors. Uh, I don't think the Kings are going to go into any matchup scared, but – You probably would have wanted someone that wasn't the defending champions if you made the playoffs for the first time and you're a three seed, right?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely, hundred (laughs) percent. Um, I will say I'm I'm confident in my team. You know, and you know I've I've heard the narratives because let's just be honest, Golden State was shit on the road. They only won I think nine games or maybe ten games after that Portland win. I can't remember exactly, but it it was a horrible it was a horrible record on the road. And let's just be honest, our supporting cast is not as strong as it was last year when we did win the championship. But at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. we are the Golden State Warriors. Um, Now, I'll be real, Sacramento, it's been a great season. So I I don't want to take anything away from them. They've had a phenomenal year. Many people believe that De'Aaron Fox should have been an MVP candidate. DeMonte Sabonis has really implemented himself into that system and playing at a high level. Keegan Murray had a phenomenal rookie season, You know, being one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA. So I'm not going to take anything away from Sacramento, but experience does matter in the playoffs in the postseason. With the Warriors being a four-time champ with the combination of Steph, Clay, and Draymond, I think that's going to play into full effect. Now, one thing I will say is the Warriors just got to get one real win to me. I think that's really yeah. all that it takes for them. Like, you know, you, I mean, and look, Sacramento's going to be a hostile crowd. I don't know if people remember from over 20 years ago when they were in the playoffs, but that crowd, the energy that's in there is – absolutely spectacular so you can't take nothing away from that so if the Warriors can figure out how to weather the storm and get at least one win and then take care of business at home I'll say they can wrap this up at six
0: yeah I think just to enhance Dre's point uh the Kings were one and three against the Warriors this year they only won one game against them and a team, you know a Warriors team that wasn't winning a ton of games this year uh the Warriors don't have someone for Sabonis unless they stick Draymond on him for a whole game, which I actually fully expect them to do. That's what they did with Jokic last year. Um, in that case, there's probably a good chance that Draymond has some magic to work with uh, uh, Sabonis. I'm, 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 more,
1: I'm more so concerned with the foul trouble. I just hope that Draymond can stay out of foul trouble. Sure.
0: I agree with that. We'll see if Kavon can have some nice minutes there. I don't think anyone on that team is fast enough for De'Aaron Fox. But on the flip side, the Kings don't have anyone for Steph. I think you can't bench Kevin Herter because of the shooting that he presents. But I would give Davion Mitchell a lot of minutes in this. That's series. what I'm going to ask. Like, you know
1: how how big of a role could he play in this series, especially if he's if he's going to be asked to guard Steph?
0: My thing is. If he man marks Steph, he'll probably end up figuring it out. So I don't know if you want him to guard Steph. You could even have him on on, on Clay and just be like, just make sure Clay doesn't score. Let Steph have 50, something Jordan like Poole. that. Or even Jordan Poole. Like if they both come off the bench at the same time. I like that thought. Um, so – I think I would personally play Davion a lot, not even just for his defensive skills. I think he's just a good basketball player Mm -hmm. that's getting better. You know, year three Davion is probably going to be something interesting next year, but also to um, alleviate some of the pressure for Fox. Fox is going to have to score like if Draymond's man marking Sabonis Fox is going to have to score like a third of their points every game to get a win. And he's certainly capable of that. The guy can pop off for 30 or 40 very easily, but not if he has to chase around Steph the whole game, not if he has to chase around clay, the whole game, you know, Um, uh, theoretically you would hope to have a guy like Davion on Steph and uh, you can, you can have Harrison Barnes guard, Clay, because Clay's not as fast as he used to be, and Harrison Barnes—they played together like a fucking decade ago. It doesn't really matter, but and then you can try and hide Davion or uh, on De'Aaron, like maybe you put him on Draymond on offense, you know, and make sure he's watching the uh, the uh, the handoffs and things like that. Maybe you have him on Kivon and make an effort to box out things like that. It's gonna be a test of Mike Brown. Uh, who should win Coach of the Year, in my opinion, and see if he has adjustments. Like, the first game, I I actually kind of expect the Kings to lose Game 1, even in Sacramento. It's their first series in forever. They're going to be nervous. Sabonis has only been to the playoffs once or twice. Fox has never been to the playoffs. Davion's never been to the playoffs. Harrison Barnes has a ring, but it's been a while since he's been in the playoffs. Um, A lot of those guys haven't been. Mike Brown hasn't been in the playoffs since the last time he was a coach. You know what I mean? So I I could see the game one. But from there, how do they adjust? What matchups are they tweaking? What lineups are they tweaking? Who's getting more minutes? Who's getting less minutes? That's going to be a big test for Mike Brown. And I'm going to give it to the Kings in seven because I just really hope that the Kings – aren't frauds like i don't think they're going to make the conference finals necessarily certainly not the finals but it would be really nice if they weren't fraudulent and they were able to win their first round series that being said i'm picking it in seven you know what i mean i don't think it's going to be easy with the like i think if it was the nuggets or uh the grizzlies playing the warriors they'd wrap that shit up in five uh i don't i don't think the warriors have the stuff to can uh, to keep up with those guys and Sacramento technically has the talent standpoint of a Memphis, especially with the injuries that they have, but the experience isn't there. And I'm not so sure the Keller instinct is there. Let's move back to the Eastern conference for the three, six matchup there, the 76ers and the Brooklyn nets. This is one of my favorite series in the first round. Um, Mikhail Bridges is the number one option on the Brooklyn Nets, and he was drafted Mm by the 76ers on draft night, traded to the Suns for the Smith and a future pick. Um, And there's just been like some mixed history there. They're both East Coast teams. Do I think the Nets have a shot against the Sixers? I don't, but I do think the Sixers are frauds. So I don't know if this is a clean sweep or a fiver, you know, I'm really interested to see what Mikhail does in his first playoff series as a number one option. I'm really curious to see if Claxton has any chance against Embiid. My estimation is no. And maybe above all, let's see what Jacques Vaughn's made of, huh? I'm a big fan of Jacques Vaughn like Jacques coaching Vaughn. the Brooklyn Nets. Even if they switch up some of the team players and stuff like that, I think they should keep him around for two, three years minimum. I wonder what he does because – I don't think it's very hard to out-coach Doc Rivers in a playoff series, but it, oftentimes when he goes against rookie head coaches or guys that have only been to the playoffs their first time, he typically has an edge over them. So I'm curious to see that. And we can talk about the Sixers side as well, but, Jerry, I want to hear your thoughts on this series, both sides, how they've been playing. Any thoughts at all? Um, Honestly,
1: I don't, I don't think that the Nets are fraud. I still think that the Nets are a pretty good basketball team. But I do believe that this will be a one-sided series. I, I actually have Philly in five. Yeah. I think Brooklyn. Sure, will sure, probably sure. Get, I think Brooklyn will probably get Game Three. You know, first home game of the series, they got the home crowd behind them. The energy is there, so I think I think that they'll snap. I think that they'll snatch Game Three. But I feel like you know that that matchup there in particular, Joel Embiid against Nick Claxton. Even though Nick Claxton's a pretty good defender, yeah. I don't know how well he's going to be able to handle Embiid, especially when he's on the perimeter around the mid-range. Maybe like maybe with the back to the basket at the rim, he may have a shot, but yeah. around the perimeter, that's where that's really where the concern is. But Mikhail Bridges is, you know, had a really phenomenal second half of the season, you know, really being a number one option and really being able to elevate his offensive game and really show his ability to really create for himself and create for others. So I'm definitely happy about that. Um, maybe we might see some Cam Thomas minutes. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Maybe so. Um, yeah. I think that he I, I think that he could be a plug off the bench that could really provide a spark. Um but this 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 series would have been the perfect story. It would have been a perfect story if Ben Simmons was playing. But unfortunately, uh, he's not going to be in the series Cause, you know him going up against Philly, we all know what happened 2 years ago. But yeah. unfortunately, he's got injury issues, but I got a feeling a five in this series. I think Joel is going to dominate. I think Harden will have a good series. Tyrese Maxey will be a great third option for this team and I think, I think, I think they'll wrap this up pretty quickly.
0: Uh, that's how irrelevant Ben Simmons has been this year. I completely forgot that he was on the Nets, that he would have been playing his old team and that he was out for the playoffs with an injury. No idea what they're going to do with Ben Simmons next year. I assume if they can move him, they will, but I don't think they will be able to very, very strange things going on in Brooklyn right now. Um, you make good points. Claxton is the defender that you would want at the center position. He can switch. He's fast. He can chase uh, chase down blocks. But some guys that can't do any of that stuff, they can guard big-ass centers. And I don't think that Claxton necessarily has that in his bag. Joel Embiid should, have, should be able to feast in this series. But it's not like they have much size next to Claxton. You can run Cam Johnson, Royce O'Neill. Those are really good wing defenders, but they're not big-man defenders. Um, I wonder who Bacal guards. I wonder if they have him on Harden or if they're trying to save him for the offensive end and you plug him on someone else. Um, I could see it's him. Inter- or... Yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see. Um, and, and maybe this is more of a showcasing of the Nets players. Cause I imagine they're going to make some more trades in the, in the summer. You know, Royce O'Neal, does he fit the future? Cam Johnson, he's a restricted free agent. Do you want to pay him? But we'll see what happens. I know at the beginning I said the Sixers are fraudulent. I kind of like your, um, your Sixers and Five uh, uh, prediction. Although Sixers and Five, um, but we'll see. We've seen these Sixers collapse before. Before we get to the 4 or 5 in the East, which is one of my favorites, let's go to the 4 or 5 in the West, which is my favorite matchup, I think, of the first round. I think Phoenix it's the best. Suns, Los Angeles Clippers, KD, Chris Paul, Devin Booker versus Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, except Paul George is probably not going to play in the first round. Maybe if it goes six or seven, but it seems like it's going to be Paul George list Clippers for the most part. I've been watching the Clippers the whole year. I went to a ton of games, and this is probably the worst matchup they could have asked for. <laughs> a bunch of ISO heavy guys that can score in the mid range, and a center that can just brutalize them. I mean, opposing centers have destroyed the Clippers all year 20 and 10, 20 and 20. Even Rudy Gilbert had like a 20 and 20 game against them. They did help the front line by acquiring Mason Plumlee at the deadline. And they started giving Robert Covington more minutes after Paul George got injured. And he gives more size and more rebounding. But I'd be concerned if I were them. Uh, I'm not sure. I assume you have Kawhi guard KD. I assume you have, well, I'm not even sure. Maybe, if you're, maybe you have Russ guarding Devin Booker. You need someone on, on Devin Booker. Yeah, any size and then, on Chris Paul, I think this would be a very, if the Suns had KD for the whole season and the, and the Clippers for sure didn't have Paul George, I'd say Suns in five. The issue is not only did they get KD at the deadline, KD was out for like a month before mm-hmm. and then just came back. He's played like seven total games for the Suns. One of the easiest superstars to fit into a scheme, but still. I will save a prediction for right now because, Dre, I want to hear your idea of the matchups, the players are going at each other, and your overall prediction.
1: To me, I believe that this could possibly go down to who has the better supporting cast. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think the Clippers may have an edge, even though the Suns have a great supporting cast. Josh Okogie, when he's been inserted into the starting lineup, he's been phenomenal. Uh, Torrey Craig, they got Terrence Ross in the deadline as well. Bis yep. MacByambo and the list goes on and on. But I honestly feel like the Clippers may have the edge as far as like, you know, having a better supporting cast, in my opinion. And I think that may that I think that may play into effect because I think looking at the superstars of the stars of the series, Kawhi Leonard and Russ yep. for the Clippers, and obviously K D, Booker, Aiton, and Chris Paul for the Suns. Yeah. But it really may come down to, you know, to who's one of those guys. That you can plug in and really provide a spark offensively. So that may that may be what it comes down to. Sure. And I'm also I'm also interested in how how Phoenix can really get Aiden going in this series. You know, I feel like Aiden a lot of times gets kind of lost in the offense. And I mean yeah. it's understandable, especially when you have, you know, two elite scores on your team. So if they can find a way, if they can find a way to get him going early, especially especially um, especially under the basket, then I think that'd be good. But I would probably say – I'll probably say Phoenix is six. You know, I think I think the loss of Paul George does hurt a little bit in a way, and I feel like even if he does come back for game five and six, I don't think he'll be 100%, you know, considering that he right. hasn't played in so long. So I think I think with Phoenix, you know, with the firepower that they have, I think that they'll be able to close it out in six games on the road.
0: I'm pretty much on the same page with you there. I think the Clippers, uh, they're – tactic or their strategy should be athleticism and fast pace because the Suns have Chris Paul, the Suns have KD, and they are not the most athletic guys at this point of their career. Flip side, don't forget this is another KD versus Russ series. Russ has played very well to end the season for the Clippers. Obviously, playoff Russ is a very different thing than the regular season, so we'll see if he shows up. But if not, you can just give more minutes to Terrence Mann, who is a very athletic young player, guard, who can play. They've got Norm Powell that can get downhill in a hurry and make a lot of shots. They've got Robert Covington, who hit like seven threes the other day. because Zubats is playing well. Mason Plumley's doing good. I am not a fan of Marcus Morris. I think he's cooked. I think he needs to be on a mid-playoff team next year. Uh, I'd rather start Robert Covington. That's just me. Um, uh, and they have Eric Gordon. They, they brought in Eric Gordon at the deadline, some veteran experience, but I think I agree with you. The Paul George thing, unfortunately, that's been the story for the Clippers. It's just been their health getting into the playoffs. I'll go Phoenix and six as well. Uh, but we'll probably learn about the Suns as we go on there. A four or five matchup in the, in the Eastern conference, it's very fun. Um, it could go six. It could go seven. I'm honestly like, I know that on paper, four or five is Cleveland Cavaliers, New York Knicks. On paper, the Cavs are a better team. Donovan Mitchell is the best player on either team. Darius Garland is the best is a better point guard than Jalen Brunson. If you disagree with me with that, I, that's fine. I don't, I don't care. Uh, Evan Mobley is, should be a better power forward than Julius Randle. And Jared Allen is technically a better center than Mitchell Robinson. But these Knicks are deep. They play hard. They play good defense. And honestly, the Cavs don't seem to... like The Cavs don't seem like killers to me. Maybe Donovan Mitchell does, but the team doesn't necessarily seem like killers. And the bench isn't as tasty as it might have seemed at the beginning of the year. Ricky Rubio has struggled since coming back from the ACL. Kevin Love is gone. They have a a slew of wings and Jetty Osman, Isaac Okoro, and... Uh, Harris LaVert. Harris Levert, Who's the tall guy? The white dude? Oh, um, Dean Wade. Dean Wade. None of them are, like, above average, but they're all pretty solid. Um, on the flip side, so the Knicks have been hot. They've been hot. Uh, Jalen Brunson should have been an all-star. He's not going to make an all-NBA team, but he's good enough to make one. Emmanuel quickly has been on fire to end the season. Julius Randle had another incredible season, so that's two out of three in New York. Mitchell Robinson is back, and they really need him for rebounding and defense. It's a the Knicks are a really hard team. I wouldn't count them out of this series by any means. Uh, they're they're interesting. We'll see what JB Bickerstaff is made out of as well for the Cavaliers coach for first series that they'll be doing. Uh, it's it's intriguing. I, if you looked at it on paper, you'd probably just point to the Cavs and say Cavs in five, Cavs in six. But if you watch the Knicks this year, they win a lot of games they shouldn't. Uh, Twelve games above 500. That's <laughs> pretty damn good. Uh, I, it's better than I expected. Drake, this information that I've fed to you and your own knowledge about the Cavs and the Knicks, how are you feeling about that matchup going into this weekend?
1: For the past maybe month or two months, I've been saying that the Knicks and the Cavs—they're like neck and neck to me. To me, mm. you know, they're pretty good teams. They're not championship teams by any means, Right. but I think they can make some noise in the playoffs. But with that being said, I got the Knicks at seven. It's like you said, I yeah. think they're—I I think I think they're a lot deeper, and I think definitely I think with the experience that they do have now. Look, two years ago, they definitely got cooked by Trey Young and the Hawks. You know it happens, but I think I right. think they're more battle tested, in my opinion. Now, look and look, give credit to Cleveland because you know Donovan Mitchell has had many great playoff moments. You know, yes, even during his, during his days in Utah, so mm-hmm.
0: he's probably the
1: one guy out of both. Se- I, he's clearly the best player out of both teams, but he also has probably the most playoff experience. However, I do have a little bit of concern for the other guys as well. But I think Jalen Brunson will shine in this series. I think. I think we might see a rejuvenation of an R.J. Barrett. I think R.J. Barrett could possibly have a really good series. If he has a good series and he's able to shoot at an official level, I think mm. that may be the difference maker. And then, of course, Julius Randle as well. But then also, you know I mean? Like when you talk about them being so deep, like Emile quickly, my sixth man of the year, provides a ton of energy. Guys like Quentin Grimes as well. Guys like Harnstein who does come in and provide, um, and provide energy too. So I just feel like overall, as a collective, the Knicks are just slightly better. With a game seven in Cleveland, that may be tough, but I do feel like somehow, some way, the Knicks will, um, the Knicks will be able to close it out.
0: I'm kind of cool with that. Um, I didn't even think of RJ. He's had such a disappointing season, and I'm mm-hmm. still a fan of Star I still think he's got a future as a high-level player in this league. It just didn't happen this year. Something I would be concerned about is that Julius Randle, just got defended the last time they were in the playoffs. The Hawks Mm -hmm. had Collins and Capella. They had a really good personnel to guard him. And the Cavs arguably have better personnel to guard him with Mobley and Jared Allen. They're going to stuff him at the rim. If Randall's three ball isn't going, it could be a very, very rough playoff series for him. The difference from that team and this team is that they have Jalen Brunson. And the Cavs do not, unless they want to stick Isaac Okoro and let their small guards guard wings, which I don't think is very smart either. They don't have someone for Brunson. Brunson should be able to cook. Now, can Brunson score in the paint against Mobley and Jared Allen? We'll find out in game one and two. But his jumpers usually going. He's got that mid-range game. He does a lot of floaters and teardrops that he scores over um, guys. The Knicks played four games against the Cavs this year. They were 3-1, and one, so they have a, a history of beating the Cavs this year, this year's version of the Cavs. And I just think the the depth is going to be there, too. Quickly off the bench, a lot of people, sixth man. Obi Toppin off the bench. Isaac Hartenstein had a really good end of the season uh, for their backup center. I'm forgetting a couple of guys. Quentin Grimes, God, I love Quentin, Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes is great. Uh, oh, my God, he's great. I'd probably start him. They usually do start him though. Right. Next to Brunson. They normally do. Uh, Yeah. 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 I think he's, I think he's a guy that you can stick on Donnie or, or Darius and try and have some luck with. Uh, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go Nixon seven. I'm really, really cool with that. And I I don't care which one of them wins either of them are going to get dog walked by the bucks in the second round. So (laughs) we could do one through eight real quick. Dre, you've got the game on in the background, right? Yes, sir. I got um, Toronto is currently
1: up eight on my screen, which they're. I mean, I actually picked the Bulls to win this one, but the Raptors are probably going to come out on top. How much time is left? There is nine minutes left. Zach Levine actually left. just hit a three and he cut the lead to five. Zach LaVine's okay, actually really so good. He's,
0: he's had a strong second half. He played poorly in the first half, so I'm glad to hear that about the second half. Whoever wins this game will play the heat for the rights for the eight seed to play the Milwaukee Bucks. Me personally, I don't see any of them as a threat to the Bucs. Uh, I know the Heat have like some history with the Bucs. People are like, oh, same with the Raptors. But I think we would beat any of those teams in five. I don't even think we need to talk about it. Once we get to the second round, we can talk about that. Tonight, though, Thunder, Pelicans. I'm very happy that the Thunder made the the playoffs, um, or the play-in at least. I'm a big fan. Whoever wins that game will play the Wolves for the right to play the Nuggets in the first round. Dre, really quick, Pelicans Thunder. Who do you think takes it? And then we can talk about who they play for the Wolves and then the Nuggets. I got the Pelicans in this matchup. Um I think sure. they're
1: I think that they're supporting cast is slightly better, and of course they have the more experience. Give credit to OKC. You know, I don't think a many I don't think many people have them in this position. And you know, it's, yeah. it's really, really impressive. Shea Gilligan's Alexander's had a good year. Josh Giddy's had a strong year. Um the Williams guys, you know, they had strong seasons as well. So, I mean, it's really been a great team effort for the team overall, even though even though SGA has been a standout guy for the team. But with the way that New Orleans has been playing and the way that Brandon Ingram has, has ended the season on a high note, not even just Brandon Ingram. Like, there's two guys that i am really been impressed with when it comes to the Pelicans. It's Herb mm. Jones and it's Trey yeah. Murphy. Trey Murphy has elevated the yeah. game really well, shooting the ball at a, at a really high clip. You know, I, I was actually at a Pelicans game, uh, I think yeah, I think it was last week when they played the Grizzlies, and he was really like the he was really the difference maker in the fourth quarter overtime, really leading to that comeback. So the supporting cast for Pelicans is slightly better, even though unfortunately Zion will not be playing. You know, right. I think it's again a big miss. Yeah, again, I think it's definitely a big miss. But I think with the
0: experience in the supporting cast per se, I think the Pelicans will, will come out on top. Trey Murphy. This might not be a spicy take. This might be a really mild take. But he's already better than Cam Johnson, right? They're similar players, similar positions. I can see that. I, I think. I think it's sure.
1: debatable. But I, I can sure, definitely. Sure. See. I think. I think they're both kind of the same type player. But I, I. I think you can probably make a. I think you can make a case that Trey is slightly better at this point.
0: I don't dislike that. I would love to see the Thunder win this game. I'd love to see the Thunder in the playoffs in general. But I agree with you. The Pelicans one have size. I would expect Valanchunas to go for twenty-five and twelve this game. Like he puts up big numbers in the playoffs, especially against smaller teams. I'd expect. I, there's a report Larry Nance will not play tonight either. So, oh, wow. um, outside of Valanchunas, they won't have a ton of size. Maybe we'll see some Jackson Hayes. We haven't seen a ton of him this year. Um, Trey Murphy will be out there. He's incredible. You'll see a lot of. Um, Did they say Alvarado was returning. I actually don't know. I think he might be missing this game, but I don't think he's supposed to miss the playoffs if they make the playoffs. Um, uh, CJ should see a lot of him today. Brandon Ingram, hopefully, we can see another vintage Brandon Ingram game. And uh, Herb Jones should be spending a lot of time, if not the whole game, on Shea Gilgis Alexander. That's the thing with the Thunder, man. They're small, but they like being small and they score a ton. Shay, Josh Giddy, J. Dub. Those three guys are going to wreak havoc. If it's not this playoffs, it'll be next playoffs. Uh, but I, I think the Pelicans, through size and experience, correct. So then we've got Pelicans, Timberwolves. Let's say Rudy Gobert is back for that game. Uh, I'll give it to the Pelicans. The Wolves just make me sad right now. And then the Nuggets will beat the Pelicans in five or six. am I'm, I'm not the biggest Nuggets guy. I think they might... I honestly wanted to see what it would have looked like if the Lakers lost yesterday and they would have played Denver in round one. Um, We'll see how Denver does in round two against Phoenix or or the Clippers. But in round one, I'm not going to be that guy that's like they're going to get upset. They're going to beat whoever they meet in the first round in five or in six. Dre, any last thoughts before we start wrapping up the pod here?
1: I agree to that. I actually agree to that. Um, Considering that I have the Pelicans winning today, whenever they do play... Uh, Minnesota on Friday. I do have the Pelicans once again coming out on top. Even if Rudy Gobert does come back, I just I just feel like New Orleans is just a better team overall. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we will. Hopefully we'll see a better Anthony Edwards in Friday's matchup. Hopefully so. But even then, I still have the Pelicans winning. And then of course Denver. Now I'll I'll be honest. If Denver were well, if the Lakers were to fall to that eight seed and would have played Denver, I'm not going to say that Denver would have won. Or I, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm not going. I'm not going to say that the Lakers would have won. But I do feel like the Lakers probably would have given them a rougher their money. Personally, it would have been but
0: interesting. It yeah, definitely would have been
1: interesting. But if if the Pelicans were to play the Nuggets in that first round matchup, I could definitely see it going. I'll say six. I'll say six. I'm not gonna say Perfect. five. Yeah, but uh, but I think I think six would be the more appropriate answer.
0: Dre, today it's not concrete. It's a few days before the actual playoffs start. If you had to pick one team that was going to win the NBA title, who would it be?
1: Hmm. As crazy as it is, I know a lot of people may hate me and I'm not even being biased, but I'll I'll go with Boston. I think Boston with the experience, you know, they've been to what four or five conference finals in the last, like so many years and they finally got to the NBA finals last year. So I think they understand what it takes to get deep into the playoffs and they understand how to win at a high level. If they stay healthy, then yeah, I I can definitely see it happen, but I mean, it's not gonna be easy road. You still got Milwaukee. And Milwaukee's sure. going to give them a good run for the money. You know, honestly, if they would have had Chris Middleton last year, they, they would have won the series. I, I definitely agree to that. And on top of that, I believe that Drew Holiday is a lot better this year than he has been in his past few years with Milwaukee. So it's I not going to be – I actually do agree a, with them. Yeah, it's, not, it's definitely not going to be an easy road, but I can definitely see Boston winning.
0: If we're both picking Eastern Conference teams. I'm obviously going to pick Milwaukee right now. We'll see how the first series goes, but that's just the team that I'll go with. Dre? Guys, right now I don't have much going on basketball-wise. You can follow me at underscore Goosefer, but it, it, I'll tweet about basketball occasionally. Dre, you're the one that's working, you're the one that's putting out that mm-hmm. content. Why don't you shout out what you're working on right now so the people can find you?
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Follow us at Hoop Truth Pod. Give us mm-hmm. five-star reviews on any platform you listen to. I think that we are deserving. Shout out to my guys at MNC Hoops. We officially changed our name. Um, I got CJ and Michael. Um, you can check us out on Sundays, and we are available on all platforms and I write for an abundance of, of of websites. So just follow me on Twitter, at NickAndreATR, and then check out my link tree.
0: Truthfully, guys, lately life has been getting in the way, but there's a chance we'll do a conference final episode, if not a final episode, and then maybe we'll do some off-season stuff. We'll be in touch. We'll let you know. Thank you for tuning in again. We will see you hopefully in the future. Take care and deuces. Deuces.